Father, we just thank you for this opportunity to spend time in your word tonight. We thank you that you are here because we are gathered in your name. And Jesus, you said you would manifest yourself into a more gather in your name. But you're also here because you live inside of us. We are your temple. We are filled with the same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead. Oh God, we have our source in you. We live in union with you. We are one with you. And we just thank you for this new year. We thank you, Father, for the plans that you have for this year, Father, to just astound us with your goodness, to renew our minds, God, and transform or transfigure, rather, us into walking epistles, walking manifestations of Jesus Christ. We are your body, Jesus. We are connected to you, and when we move, you move, and when you move, we move. And so we just, Holy Spirit, we just ask you to breathe on this podcast tonight. We ask you to just to think through my mind and speak through my words tonight, God. I thank you that this is absolutely a divine appointment, Father. You are, you're drawing people to these podcasts, Father, really from all over the world, because you are speaking to them. And Father, you have something to share with each and every listener tonight. You know everything about them. You know the number of hairs on their head. You know the thoughts that they're thinking before they think them. You know the words that they speak, Father, before they speak them. You know uh, what you have called them to do, Father. You know their purpose. You know the gifts that you have put inside of them. You know what they are anointed to do, Father. You know the challenges that they face, Father. The mountains that are in front of them, Father, that you are calling them to speak to, Father. You have, you know the trials and the tribulations and the things, Father, that you are empowering them to overcome. Father, you are on the scene active, moving in all of our lives right now, Father, doing something exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask and all that we could think, all that we could dream, all that we would even know to desire, God. Our highest aspirations, Father, you are doing something exceedingly abundantly above that. And you're doing that according to the power that works in us, that same power, God, that was wrought in Christ when you brought him from the grave and you raised him up and sat him at the right hand, at your right hand, Father. And so, God, we just want to partner. We want to partner with what you're doing. We want to see what you're doing, Daddy, just like Jesus. We want to do what you're doing, God. We know that of our own selves, we can do nothing, but we are not of our own selves anymore, God. We are partakers of your divine nature. And, Father, we have the mind of Christ. We have Jesus' perceptions to perceive you so that we can imitate you. And so, Lord, we just put our expectations at another level tonight, Father. We just ask you even just for the grace, just to, to raise our expectations, God. For you are releasing heaven on earth. Your desire is to use us to manifest your goodness, to manifest heaven, and to demonstrate to 
people everywhere we go, your character, God, and the victory of Jesus. And so we just say, raise our level of expectation, God, so that we are seeing things from your perspective, that we are expecting things as though Jesus was actually alive inside of us. And we give you praise and glory, Father, for this message. We give you praise and glory for what you are doing in our lives. And we thank you that you are going to finish the good work that you began in us. You're going to bring it to completion. (laughs) You're going to have your way in our lives. And we are so grateful for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this is our first uh, podcast of the new year of 2019. And so let me say happy new year. And if it's like most of the podcasts that I do at this time of year, it's one that you're going to want to bookmark because you're probably going to want to go back and listen to it, especially as the year progresses. Because at the beginning of the year, you know, I I love the holidays. I love the new year. I love everything about like those last two weeks of the, you know, of the old year. And then the first couple of weeks heading into the new year. It's like a, for me, it's like a 30 day reset. And I really love that. I love, I love sitting down, uh, and just hearing from the Lord, uh, I'm a I'm a big believer in setting goals. I'm a big believer in hearing from God about His plans and His purposes for your life, and and using your faith, living by faith, and stretching yourself to do things and and that are really beyond your ability. And so I'm always kind of going full throttle. I'm always looking for God to manifest himself in big ways in my life. I, I, I'm a big believer also in just confronting the unbelief in our life. I'm a big believer in that our minds have to be renewed, that we cannot live like the world, that we have been programmed by the world system since we were born, really, you know, to just think naturally and to uh, toil and to, you know, you got to work hard to get ahead. And, and the, the kingdom way of life is such a different way of living. It's not a, a, a system of toil. It's a system of inheritance. It's not a system where you get what you earn. <laughs> you get what you can believe. And it is, it's such good news to be in Christ. It's such good news to be a citizen of heaven. And I just am constantly a person that, that wants the fullness of what Jesus accomplished on the cross to manifest in my life. I don't want to be someone who, uh, just coasts along and, you know, accomplishes maybe good things when our potential is Christ in us. And so the end of the year is kind of always a big deal for me. The beginning of the year is always kind of a big deal for me because I've usually set some big, hairy goals. And sometimes I, I do, you know, sometimes I believe for those and those manifest. And sometimes I don't. Sometimes there's more unbelief to conquer. Sometimes there's more mind renewal to do. And, uh, but I get the opportunity, I feel like at the end of the year to kind of sit down and reflect and, and say, okay, Lord, what do you have for this year? And, you know, because of my purpose, I mean, my purpose is really to help people experience just what I described, the fullness <laughs> of what it means to live in union with God, to have Jesus Christ living in your skin. 
to be wrapped in Christ, you know, to help people experience the fullness of that. And then out of that fullness, guess what? Live their assignment. Find out why they're on the planet and what Jesus wants to do through their life. How does he want to use them to make a difference? How does he want to bless others through their life? And so, you know, a lot of times during that this time of year, you know, I just sit and I reflect. I reflect on my purpose. And, and that means I'm reflecting on your purpose. Because my purpose is to help you release your purpose. It's to help you discover it, find it, and live it through your union with God. And so I remember I was just, um, I was, I hadn't gotten out of bed. I love to, in my mornings, I, I, one other thing that I do is I, I really try to have a daily kind of ritual, daily habits that I do. And I really try not to get out of bed every single morning until I have connected with the truth. <laughs> you know, it's one thing to wake up, <laughs> but it's another thing to live awake. And what I mean by that is, it's another thing to live awake to the reality of your true identity. It's another thing to live awake to the reality that we are natural human beings living, you know, with a material body. We have a natural existence, but we also are seated in heavenly places. And there is a spirit realm, and there are angels, and there are, there is so much going on in the invisible realm. And it's so easy to sleepwalk. It's so easy just to to be awake but asleep at the same time. And just to go through the motions of your day and and just live like, you know, just like a normal human being, what the Apostle Paul calls a mere human being, when you are designed to live supernaturally. You're, like I said, this potential that's inside of you is so much greater than your education or you know, the socioeconomic background that you grew up in or your your natural lineage. I mean, you have been born into, again, into reality. You are, and so waking up to the, these truths every day is, is is honestly the most important thing. And so a lot of times I'll just lay in bed before I get up and I, I'm just, I'm just, connecting to my union with God. I'm connecting to the the reality that I'm one with him. You know, not because I woke up feeling so spiritual, but just because it's the truth, regardless of how I feel. And so I just practice my union. I, 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 I practice receiving the love of God and just reminding myself of what is true. And, you know, there's, there's pressures, you know, when you run a ministry, I've got, you know, you've got a lot of things that are going on in my day. I mean, I could, it's so much, it's so easy and so tempting just to get up and start running through your to-do list or worry about certain things that you've got to get done or that aren't going well or the problems. But I've learned that if I connect to the source, then that's where all the fruit comes from. And so as I was laying, you know, there... And it was, you know, right around the new year time, thinking about you, thinking about your purpose, thinking about what God would want you to know coming into this new year. Uh, I want to share with you what I heard, but I also kind of just, you know, I'm going to continue, even though it's a new year, kind of my new year podcast, I'm really going to just lump this right into the, the series that we've been doing, which is called The Gospel According to Shalise. Because what I heard the Lord speak to me about the new year just fits right into the gospel. It is such an, it's, it's just absolutely the, 
the point of the gospel, what I heard the Lord speaking to me this year. And so I'm just going to sandwich it in. We'll just keep going with this series, even though it's my new year podcast. So let me start tonight by just reading the word that I heard God speak. And um, I posted it actually on Facebook. Uh, So if you have not liked my my public profile page on Facebook, I encourage you to do that because I'm always posting that. Um, I've also got a private Facebook group for those of you uh, that are reading my book. And if you haven't downloaded my book, I encourage you. It's a great way to start the year. You can get your free copy at thepathfreebook.com. And then when you download that, there's also an opportunity to join uh, my Facebook group for the book, which is called The Path to Purpose. So... Anyway, let me go back and read to you what uh, I heard the Lord say. And so I'm going to read it in its entirety, and then we're going to jump off there and just go through some scriptures that will really uh, solidify what I felt like the Father was speaking to us. And I also think they're going to really, really encourage you. So uh, let's do this. We'll just jump off here. It says, um, so this is just, I want you to just receive this like this is the Father speaking to you. Okay, it says, in order to be truly successful in life, my kids must live out of their true identity. They must live out of who they are in Christ. They must live out of the place where they are abiding in him. This means that each of them, that means each of you, must stop identifying with their old self-image, the unregenerated me, the separated me, the alienated me, the independent me. I could keep going. The rejected me, right? The broke me, the sick me. You could just put in a bunch of different adjectives in there. But here's what I said. I said, this me no longer exists. It's just a memory of who you've experienced yourself to be over the course of your life. However, this memory of me, who in reality no longer lives, must die in your mind. You cannot identify with the old man and the new man at the same time. You cannot be joined to me and be separate from me at the same time. This state of abiding in Christ is the normal and perpetual state of being for believers. Whether they're aware of it or not, separation from me is always just an illusion. However, when you are deceived by this illusion... My life does not flow through you. As a result, you cannot produce the fruit, i.e. the results that you want. You can't produce the fruit that only comes from being connected to the tree of life. My results are only produced by abiding in me. The supernatural is the natural byproduct of your life as you abide in Christ. But remember, child, it is one thing to know who you are in Christ, yet it is entirely something different to live out of this identity as a way of life. 
And this, my child, now he was speaking to me, is the reason that I created you, Shalise. See, I have called you to help people live in their purpose and make a difference in the world the only way it can happen, through oneness with me. This is also why you must never, ever stop moving forward and believing me for big, impossible dreams for yourself and others. Yes, it may appear easier to live a normal life, but Jesus paid an incredible price for you to experience my life. If you want to know what those connected to you need to know coming into this new year, in order for this to be the best year they've ever lived, tell them this. Listen to my voice. Make knowing me, living out of your true identity, and learning to abide in union with me. Your number one priority this year. Success in life isn't found in setting and achieving more goals. It is found in living life with me, in union with me. Will you set and achieve goals living this way? Of course you will. You will set and achieve my goals. I will accomplish my will. And establish my kingdom through you as you abide in me. However, you and your life will not be defined by these accomplishments. For who you are and your success in life is singularly defined by who you are in me. I don't know about you, but when I wrote that down, it ministered to me. And I knew that it rang true. I knew that this was really the key. The key to living successfully. It's very simple. It's, it's, but yet it's uncommon. Abiding in the vine. Abiding in Christ. I'm going to say that phrase quite a few times in this teaching. And I'm going to be saying it hopefully throughout the whole year because I really felt that if I could have a phrase that would describe what the Lord wants us to learn, really learn how to do in 2019. And when I say learn it, I mean make it a way of life where it becomes a habit. Well, we're not really having to constantly think about it, but it's, it's, we've had our minds renewed to this and it's a way of being. You know, I don't think when Jesus said in John chapter 10 verse 30 that the Father and I are one, I have a feeling that this was a way of life for Jesus. This was an identity that he lived out of. It wasn't just a truth he visited. And so let's just look at this scripture a little bit. I want to talk about this and I, I, let me, let me say this about abiding in the vine. This way of life where we are connected to the Father as our source and as one unit, okay? It's a thing about a vine. You know what? A branch, right? If we're the branches and Jesus is the vine, well, guess what? That's We don't think of a branch as separate from the tree, maybe if you cut it off. But we just look at the tree and we think, oh, it's a tree, there's a branch of the tree, but it, the branch isn't independent from the tree. It's a part of the tree. You know, and the same thing even with 
the fact that we are the body of Christ. I mean, you don't, when you see someone, you don't say, oh, there's their head and there's their body. You just say, oh, there's, you know, there's Jonathan or there's Sarah. It doesn't even occur to you that they're, they're just an integrated whole. And this concept of being an integrated whole with the Lord is, is, is a foundational identity truth. And it will determine whether you recognize this truth as your truth. And I mean where you know the truth, you're living out of this truth. It's going to determine whether you are living out of a truth-based identity or a lie-based identity. And so let me go to John 15. And this is so exciting to me. This, to me, is the gospel truth. The fact that we can live in union with God because Jesus came as a human being and died on the cross and conquered death for us and rose again. And then he did that not only as a man, a God who had become, who had put on flesh and become a human being. He did that not only as a man, he did that as humanity, as all of mankind. He did that as you, as and he did that as me. And because he did this, I mean, I'm going to read this, I promise, but I just get so excited. It, when we think about this, there is forever a human being, flesh and blood, bones that is in the middle of the Trinity. A human being is in the Godhead. And now we, because we are in Christ, have become one. We have been joined to the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We've become a part of the mystery of the ages. And it is such good news. The gospel is so incredible and such good news. But I tell you, we got to hear it. we got to hear it over and over and over again because this is not the way the world teaches you to live. And this is not the way the majority of the church, God bless us, <laughs> is teaching you to live. I tell you this. I've been saying this forever. I was in my 30s before I heard about this new identity, about this new creation. I'd grown up in church every Sunday, every Wednesday, hour and hours and hours. Oh, my gosh, I spent so many hours in church growing up. Never learning about my true identity, much less abiding. You know, then I remember, like, hearing about abiding, but it was such a mystery to me. I was like, how in the world do you do this? It just seemed so impossible. I remember praying, Jesus, how did Jesus live as one with the Father, how did he only do what he saw the Father doing? How did he say, of my own self, I can do nothing? Like here, I just, I, I practically, literally did not know how to do this. Even though I heard it and was excited about it. And I tell you, I'm still growing in my experience of my true identity. Now, maybe I live out of my true identity now. Maybe it's about 80 I'm in the 80s, maybe. Now, I graduated in high school in the 80s, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about that maybe it's in the 80 percentile, 85 percentile. I'm living out of my true identity. But guess what? I still forget. I still forget. You hit me with the right challenge, the right, you know, the right set of circumstances. I might get a little off. 
But praise God, I am not where I used to be. So let's read this here in John 15. This is, now, if I had time, I would start and read all of John 14. But I really went through John 14 in part one. (laughs) If I can remember correctly, I think it was part one of the gospel according to Shalise. I love John 14. It It is Jesus preaching the gospel about what's going to happen with this whole union thing. But let's just move into John 15 for time's sake. And I'm going to read it out of the Passion Translation. I may go to another translation as well, but here's what it says starting in verse 1. And this is Jesus talking. He says, I am the true sprouting vine. And the farmer who tends the vine is my father. He cares for the branches connected to me by lifting and propping up the fruitless branches and pruning every fruitful branch to yield a greater harvest. The words that I have spoken over you have already cleansed you, or you could say pruned you. It says, verse 4, So you must remain in life union with me. For I remain in life union with you. For as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, so your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to mine. I am the sprouting vine, and you are my branches. As you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you. But when you live separated from me, you are powerless. If a person is separated from me, he's discarded. Such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire to be burned. But if you live in life union with me, and if my words live powerfully within you, then you can ask whatever you desire, and it will be done. When your lives bear abundant fruit... You demonstrate that you are my mature disciples who glorify my father. Verse 9, I love each of you with the same love that my father loves me. You must continuously or continually let my love nourish your hearts. If you keep my commands, you will live in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands. And another translation says, keep my instructions, keep my words. For I will continually live nourished and empowered by his love. My purpose for telling you these things is so that the joy that I experience will fill your hearts with overflowing gladness. So this is my command, love each other deeply. As much as I have loved you, for the greatest love of all is a love that sacrifices all. And this great love is demonstrated when a person sacrifices his life for his friends. Now, so good. I could keep going, but I want to, I want to stop here. There's so much in this. And really in the context, I want to go back to what the Lord said. He says, if you want those that are connected to you, do you want to know what they need to know coming into this new year? And this is what he said. In order for it to be the best year 
they've ever lived. Man, that's a tall order, isn't it? I don't know how old some of you guys are, but the best year you've ever lived. You know, it, it's kind of interesting because in, in Emerge, one of the required books that we read in the program is the very last book that um, I have my students read. And it's called Your Best Year Ever. And it's because when we come to graduation, that's what we do. We actually sit down as a part of a graduation event and we plan what we would call their best year ever. And, and what I mean by that is we, we are really sitting down and we are saying, okay, God, what are your goals? We think there are goals. Now, granted, you know, we have goals, I guess, but are they separated goals? Or are these goals that are living, that you're living, that you're even receiving from your source when you're connected to the vine? Are you, are you saying, Father, what do you want to do through my life this year? How do you want to glorify yourself through my life this year? What kind of fruit do you want to push through my branch this year as I stay connected to you? What work, Father, do you want to do? Remember in John 14, Jesus said, the Father in me does the works. Jesus was abiding in the vine. And so, the best year ever. If you want them to know the, how to have the best year ever, he said, listen to my voice. Make knowing me, living out of your true identity, and learning to abide in union with me your number one priority this year. So as we, it's, it's kind of sounds like a seek, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. And a lot of times when we say seek, you know, seek the kingdom or seek his righteousness or, you know, even if we say a lot of times seek his face. Well, we don't have, where are we seeking? We're seeking right this moment, this present moment. Do you know when you abide in the vine? You're never going to... Abiding is a verb that is a present tense verb. It's not a future abide. It's not, did I abide yesterday? Abiding is a right now word. This means the only moment that you can abide is in this one. And now in this one. And now in this one. And now in this one. So abiding is as simple. Let me tell you what it is. It's as simple as remembering. It's as simple as shifting your awareness. It's a becoming aware that you are one with the King of Kings. That you are in Christ and that Christ is in you. That you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. That you are seated in heavenly places right at this moment. And let me say this. This is true regardless if you just cuss somebody out. I'm just going to say it that plain. It's as true as if you just made the stupidest business decision you have ever made. This is true if you just got fired from your job for the 40th time. This is true no matter how 
bad, you mess it up, you miss it. No matter who doesn't like you, no matter who just cussed you out, nobody who has rejected you, no matter who just fired you, because you are not defined by anything other than the vine. You are not defined by the opinions of people. You are not defined by your life experiences, by your lineage, by who your mama and your daddy is, or even if you even know them. I mean, I'm adopted. I don't even know my mama and my daddy. I know my, my adopted parents. They, to me, they're my parents. Mom's been going on, gone on to be with the Lord, but, but, but what does that have to do with the definition of Shalice? What does that have to do with the definition of Jonathan or the definition of Sarah? Or put your name in the sentence. What does that, what defines you? And see, here's the thing though, guys. I mean, this is a part of human experience. We grow up in a fallen world. We grow up believing things about ourselves based upon our life experiences. We have a false construct of of an identity that was formed over the course of our life. It's called our self-image. And until that thing gets shattered by the gospel, and until that image gets reconstructed as you look in the mirror of the word of God, And you look in the mirror in the face of Jesus Christ and you recognize that as he is, so are you in this world. You and Jesus Christ are one. And this isn't some kind of, and we do exercises and emerge. I really try to drill this thing home where we are. One of them is like we take coffee and we, and water and we blend them together because once you blend coffee and water together, how many of you know you can't get the water out of the coffee? It's a mix. It's all mixed up now. And that's the way it is with you and Jesus. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. It says in first Corinthians chapter six, you're all mixed up. (laughs) You're mixed up in a good way, mixed up with divinity. You're mixed up with, think about this, the creator of all things. Jesus is the word who was with God in the beginning. It says in John who was God. Nothing was created without him. All things were created without him. In Colossians, in chapter 1, it says that all things exist in him. In Ephesians chapter 1, it says that it was the Father's good pleasure. He he purposed to bring, to consummate all things in Christ. All things in heaven. All things in earth. Consummate them and make them complete in Christ. We are talking about I mean, yes, Lord of Lords. I mean, he is holding the universe together by the word of his mighty power. He is the force. He is the the glue that keeps the quantum field (laughs) existing. The universe, its vastness, is inside of Christ. The heavenly realms in Christ. This is, this is the one. See, it's mind, if this is mind boggling 
to try to get our little infinite minds about this, especially when we wake up every day and we have, you know, bad breath and we got a shower because our hair looks like we just, a bird just flew in it and slept all night. Or, you know, we just, our human experience, our, we're just, we're frail in our humanness. We have to sleep. We get tired. It's so incredibly powerful and humbling to think that Jesus Christ himself, God himself, the word, put on a human body. And he put on a human body so that we could put on and become his body. It's mind-boggling. And this is the trick. Abiding in this truth. Abiding in this reality. In the midst of your stressful day. (laughs) In the midst of your flat tire. In the midst of you burning your hand while you were boiling water. In the midst of your dog running off and, you know, I mean, just a million little inconveniences, some of them, some of them scarier than others. I mean, I was on Facebook, you know, getting prayer requests over the holidays by someone who had gone to the ER and they found a mass on their lung. And I mean, just, you know, I mean, what? I mean, brand new mother of a brand new baby, young. You're like, what? Just out of the blue, you get this this report, right? What? And you know, it's in those it's in, it's in those times, as much as it is in just the times I just woke up and I feel depressed. I mean, it, all of these things, all of these. It's life. Can we say life? Life happens. And remembering this glorious gospel. Remembering how much you are loved that God put on the human condition so that we could put on the divine condition. Remembering the gospel, remembering this, and then abiding in this. And this is how we remain in love. This is how we abide in love. This is how we remember that we are lovable. You are lovable because God You are God's dream. You are God's creation. You are God's offspring. You are a royal heir. You are a king. You are a priest. You are born in love. You were born by incorruptible seed. Not of your parents' will, it says in John chapter 1, but of the divine will of God. As much as your parents may have wanted you or not have wanted you, you were chosen in Ephesians 1 by your heavenly Father. Before time began, before the foundation of the world, before Adam and Eve made the wrong choice, you were chosen in love and you are the beloved. You are the beloved and God's own blood has proven it. You're valuable. You're valuable. You're so valuable, God chose to make his home inside of you. He chose to make you his temple. He chose to make you his dwelling place. And all of your imperfections, and all of your annoying little habits, and all of your unrenewed thoughts, and all of the ways that... You are not God-like or Christ-like. He's chosen you. 
And abiding from this place changes our lives. And it changes, you know how it changes our lives? Because it changes our identity. It changes who we are at a at the core, at the foundation. It eradicates false constructs that you have learned by your life experiences. And that's exactly what it's designed to do. It is designed for there to be a brand new you. A brand new species. A divine human being. Fully divine and fully human. Sounds a lot like Jesus to me. And from this place of remembering, from this place of abiding, from this place of staying awake to this reality, it is then and only then (laughs) that we can actually begin to live. Our life is found in Christ. Our identity is found in Christ. Our potential is found in Christ. Our purpose is, you know what, let me say this though. Our satisfaction is found in Christ. You know why so many times we actually set goals for ourselves or we, we have desires for these things that, that are, that are, that we don't have? Because we're really looking for life. We're looking for an identity. We're looking for love. We're looking for something outside, out here, somewhere, that if I can just be successful at this, if I can just attain this goal, if I can just have this much money in the bank, if I can just be debt-free, if I can just live in this city, in this place, in this house, whatever, if I can just have a child, if I can just do these things... I will be happy. But if we break it down even further than that, it won't be just, I'll be, why, why will we be happy? Well, because maybe, maybe some, we don't say it. I'll be loved. Or I'll be successful. Well, what, why does it matter if you're successful? Because if you're successful, you know what it, a lot of it is? That I'll be worthy. Maybe I'll be worthy. Or maybe, maybe, and here's the thing. Maybe I'll just be worthy enough to like myself. Maybe I'll be worthy enough to love myself, to accept myself, to think that I actually am worthy of success. I'll be somebody if I can just have these things or do these things. But I have a, I have a hinkling, I have an inkling, not a hinkling, an inkling, <laughs> that we probably have achieved at least one goal in our life. And you know what the crazy thing about achieving goals is? There's always another goal. It's never enough. When you are using external things to define you and you are using external things to determine your worth or determine, and I want to say this specifically, this is about your opinion of yourself. This is not about everybody else's opinion at the moment. This is about your opinion. See, God's opinion of you is settled. When he says, 
living out of our true identity versus living out of the, you know, an identity that we have believed of ourselves. Do you know that depression comes from living out of an identity that is depressing? Anxiety comes from life circumstances, yes, but from somehow that determining your future. Something external is is governing your internal. And the beauty of learning to abide is number one, it is learning to live right now in this moment. And guess what? This is where life is happening. Life is happening right this minute. With every breath that you're taking, with every word that I'm speaking to you right now and us connecting here through the modern technology that allows us to do this, this is life. This, 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 this connection even now of me connecting with you and you connecting with me. We're, we're living a, a moment of life right this moment. And it is glorious. It is glorious because his glory is present. His life force is present. The Holy Spirit is present. His pre is present. When I say his life force, I just mean his animating our lives is in this moment. And it's in this moment that we can listen. We can listen to the Father's thoughts. We can listen to what He is saying. And we can learn in this moment what love is. What love is. And beloved, at the end of the day, that's the real point. The real point is love. It's almost like a cliche. We've, we, we've used the word, we've, I don't even know how to put what I'm even thinking about the word love at this moment. But I will say this, you know, as I, again, was just reflecting coming into the new year, I went back and I read 1 Corinthians 13. I'll go and read it ever so often. I feel like the Holy Spirit will just prompt me to read it. But I, in the Passion Translation, the little um, kind of chapter subheading caught my mind or caught my eye. And it's what it says. It says, love the motivation of our lives. Now, before I read this, I kind of want to pull this aspect into the concept of abiding in the vine. God is love. 
So the source, the sap, the sap that is running through the veins of Jesus, the sap that's running through the vine is love. And love, as it says here, is the motivation of our lives, meaning love is motivating the fruit. And let me say this. This is not a love that is self-centered. This is a love that is not (laughs) self-conscious. This is a love that is grown beyond thinking of itself. And it's not so much about, you know, not being self-centered. It's not like, okay, it's just, it's settled. Love of self is settled in the Godhead. The identity of who God is, I am that I am, it's settled for God. He's not having some kind of inner war or inner turmoil between him and the Trinity about his self-image, about his self-concept. He knows I'm love. I am good. I am who I am. And I like it. I always, I, I, one of my, one of my graduates in Emerge, when we answered, because in Emerge we answer these, what I call the five big cues of life. Who is God? Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I headed and how do I get there? And the very first cue, who is God? Their answer was, this is the answer they kind of got from the Lord through the program. Not kind of, they got from the Lord for the program and they summed it up in one sentence. And here's what they said. I am that I am like it or not. Loved that. Because it really does just summarize how settled God is in his identity. And when you're that settled, well, guess what? You don't have to be self-conscious. And, and let me say it this way, though, guys. I, we are growing. That's the beautiful thing about a vine. We're growing. We're growing in our knowledge of the Lord. We're growing in our knowledge of his goodness. We're growing in our knowledge of what the gospel, the revelation of the gospel. We're growing. We're growing in love. We are growing in love. We are growing in love. We, we are falling in love with God. We are falling in love with who he's created us to be. We are falling in love with the fallen humanity because somehow God so loved the world that he died for it, so it must be lovable. There must be something beyond our current knowledge And our current experience of love, that defines who God is. And in 1 Corinthians 13, he says this, it's the motivation of our lives. He said, if I were to speak with the eloquence in earth's many languages and in the heavenly tongues of angels, yet I did not express myself with love, my words would be reduced to the hollow sound of nothing more than a clanging cymbal. If I were to have the gift of prophecy with a profound understanding of God's hidden secrets, and if I possessed unending supernatural knowledge, and if I had the greatest gift of faith that I could move mountains, but have never learned to love, then I am nothing. 
And if I were to be generous to give away everything I owned to feed the poor, to offer my body to be burned as a martyr, without the pure motive of love, I would gain nothing of value. Love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle, consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessings come to someone else. Love does not brag about one's achievements nor inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect nor selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter for it never stops believing the best for others love never takes failure as defeat for it never gives up love never stops loving it extends beyond the gift of prophecy which eventually fades away it's more enduring than tongues which will one day fall silent Love remains long after words of knowledge are forgotten. Our present knowledge and our prophecies are but partial. But when love's perfection arrives, the partial will fade away. When I was a child, I spoke about childish matters, for I saw things like a child and reasoned like a child. But the day came when I matured and I set aside my childish ways. For now we see but a faint reflection of riddles and mysteries as though reflected in a mirror. But one day we will see face to face. My understanding is incomplete now, but one day I will understand everything. Just as everything about me has been fully understood. Until then, there are three things that remain. Faith, hope, and love. Yet love surpasses them all. So above all else, let love be the beautiful prize for which you run. So beautiful. So, so beautiful. Now, I also just want to tell you that I have read this, oh goodness, countless times. And I'm, I fall short of this. I'm not always patient. I'm not always kind to all. I mean, I could just go down the list there, right? I, I, I'm just being honest. I'm being transparent. I may be a leader, but I'm on a journey just like the rest of you. And here's the thing. Do you know in the areas where we have yet to manifest this kind of love. This is Jesus. This is, this is Jesus's love. This is love. This is love. This is a beautiful picture of what love is like. This is Jesus Christ. This is the father. This is the whole, the fruit of the spirit. These are the fruits. This is the motivation of God. This is, this is perfect. Love is, is God. But when in all of the areas where we fall short, it just means it's an area where we have not learned to love. And guess what? All of the areas of our lives where there is a motivation that is other than love, 
It just means we have an identity problem. It means that we have not fully conformed to who we are in Christ. And so it's not a place that we go and condemn ourselves. It's an opportunity to learn what love thinks, how love thinks, how love feels, how love is motivated, how, what is love's perspective? What is, what is, what is the mind of love? We say it's the mind of Christ. This is the mind of love. What does the mind of love think? And I know for some of us, including, this has been a, you know, probably, goodness, for the least the last chapter of my life, it really has been a majoring on learning to love myself the way I am loved. You know, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. Or, you know, someone says all your mind, all your strength. Different translations say a different way. But then it says, and to love love your neighbor as you love yourself. Right? And so, ultimately, here's what we do. When we haven't really learned to love ourselves, when we haven't embraced our true identity in Jesus and just figured out that we are just downright lovable, then we do look for external things to fill that deficit in our lives. And one of the ways that we can see how we might be doing that is honestly, when we just look at 1 Corinthians 13 and we recognize, wow, I've got some issues with jealousy. I've got some issues with irritation and offense. I'm really impatient. Right? These are areas where we have not learned to think like God. So let's go over to 1 John 4 where it talks about God being love. And it talks about kind of this test of love. And I just want to say it this way. It's also a test of abiding. Are we, are you actually living out of your true identity, abiding in the vine? Or are you living out of a false illusion of yourself? Okay. In first John four, uh, here's what it says. Uh, Let me just see where I want to start. Uh, Verse seven says, those who are loved by God, let his love continually pour from you to one another. Because God is love. Everyone who loves is fathered by God and experiences an intimate knowledge of him. The one who doesn't love has yet to know God. For God is love. Verse 9, the light of God's love shined within us when he sent his matchless son into the world so that we might live through him. This is love. Verse 10. That he loved us long before we loved him. It was his love, not ours. He proved it by sending his son to be the pleasing sacrificial offering to take away our sins. Verse 11, delightfully loved ones. If he loved us with such tremendous love, then loving one another should be our way of life. 
No one has gazed upon the fullness of God's splendor, but if we love one another, God makes his permanent home in us and we make our permanent home in him. And his love is brought, brought to its full expression in us. And he has given us his spirit within us so that we can have the assurance that he lives in us and that we live in him. Now I could keep reading here, but I just want to kind of bring this back to the word. And I want to add this concept of love into this word and into this concept that you are one with love. You are one with perfect love. You are one with the father who loves you like none other. You are one with Jesus Christ who paid the ultimate sacrifice. I mean, there's a, a you know, a bunch of, of scripture that talks about, you know, a, a man might die for a good man. <laughs> you know, maybe even for a righteous man. But while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Right? I mean, it says, who, who will, who will accuse God's elect? Is, will, will, will God? Oh, well, Jesus, who, who paid for your sins? No. If he's given you Jesus, how much more will the Lord give you freely all things? And so this idea here, I want you to, here's what he says. Listen to my voice. Let me say it a different way. Listen to the voice of love. You know, love sounds patient. Love is kind. Love sounds encouraging. You know, love knows exactly what to say to you to comfort you. Love knows what to say to you to build you back up when you've fallen. Love knows what to say to you when you're hurt. When, you, when you've hurt yourself, when someone else has hurt you, love knows what to speak. And the Father has words of love to sustain you, to nourish you, to grow you. His love is the sap of your life. His love is what you need. This love deficit in your heart is designed to be filled by perfect love. And as much as humans love us, and as much as we love other humans, guess what? We're all learning to love. We're all learning. We're all learning. And guess what? I don't know anybody that's doing it perfectly yet. And guess what? Even those that are doing it great, guess what? It's not their love. It's God's love flowing through them. It's learning to, they've learned somehow to abide and let the Father produce fruits through them. Fruits. Fruit. (laughs) And so... This isn't even about, we're just, we're agreeing with the mind of God. We are experiencing God's love and it's flowing through us as we're experiencing it. You know what it says? Forgive as you've been forgiven. Be merciful as your father in heaven is merciful. This is just a, this is like a, it's like a, a seed that falls off of the, the tree. It's like you've experienced it and you produce it. You've experienced it and you produce it. You experience it. You can't, you can't. You can't release to someone what you have not experienced. You cannot. Love 
that is not from the Father, too many times is self-serving. It's what you can get from someone, not what you give to someone. You know, people think marriage is about finally being loved. No, marriage is about finally learning how to love. It is not about you getting your needs met. It's about learning to meet the needs of others. About It's about other-centered love. It is, it, it, I tell you, selfishness will show up in a marriage. It'll show up in a friendship. It shows up in the context of our relationships. And so the voice of love, it says, listen to the voice. I want you to reframe this. God wants to love you this year. Like you've never been loved. And he wants to give you permission to agree with him and to love yourself. To stop beating yourself up. Stop being so critical of yourself and that critical self-talk and all of the, the war that's going on inside of you because somehow you haven't already achieved what you think you should have achieved by this time in your life. When honestly, what you need to be happy is not those achievements. What you need to be happy is to make peace with yourself. And to realize you're not going to be more lovable when you have done these things. You're not going to be more worthy when you've achieved anything. You're not going to be more valuable. You may have a an opportunity, a platform. You may have, you know, ble- more ability to bless. There's lots of, of great things you can do, but they shouldn't define you. The voice of love wants to encourage you. The voice of love wants to settle you in your own skin. Because that's how he is in your skin. He's settled. It's a settled fact. And he wants you to know it. And he wants you to abide in his love. Live out of your true identity of what? As the loved Live out of your true identity and abide in this love triangle. (laughs) It's not X-rated. It's a love triangle. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And you're right in the middle of it. In the middle of a love triangle. Boxed in. Well, triangled in. The center of God's affection. In the middle of his heart. And guess what? From that place, from that place of being loved, from that place, you know what? When jealousy comes up or anger comes up or irritation or fear or any of these other emotions that comes up, this, that's, that's the time. That's the time to abide. That's the time not to, that, that's time out. Amen? That's time out. And it's not time out to get in trouble. It's time out to connect. It's time out to wait a minute. Whoa. I must have gotten a little distracted. Whoa, I might have lost track of my identity. Whew. Fell into, fell into a pothole of my old identity here. What do you think, Father? What do you have to say, Father? And I love that the Father says, this is what makes 
2019 the best year that you've ever loved, lived, and loved? <laughs> A play on words. It will be the best year that you've ever loved. Because you've learned to abide in love. Now I say this in the middle of my own goal setting and planning and all of this process that, you know, happens at the beginning of every year. But I want to tell you, it's when you have this perspective, life becomes not a process of achieving, not a problem to be solved. It becomes a practice. It becomes a practice and a way of being. And one of the things that's pretty cool to me but I probably have just really started to hone in on in my own life is all throughout scripture. You know, I've already talked about the fact that we're vines and that we're the branches of the vine, that we're the body of Christ. But the apostle Paul also uses, you know, we're the temple. That's another one, but there's another one vessels. We're vessels, you know, in all of these different pictures, that describe our relationship with the Lord. A branch, a body, a temple, a vessel. You know, we are, we, we are not, we are containers. We are containers of something. We are containers of God's love. We are containers of the divine. And so all of our life becomes about receptivity. It's about receiving from the vine. It's about being filled to overflow. It's about staying connected to the head, (laughs) moving as one. This is a different approach to life than achievement and problem-solving. And so I just encourage you to sit with this as much as you need to sit with it until it breaks that performance mess off of you and life becomes a dance and life becomes beautiful Because raindrops are beautiful and snowflakes are beautiful and breath is peaceful. And birds are singing when we're unaware. And people are precious as we rush through the grocery store. And I 
My prayer is that we will awaken to the glory of this moment. And to the glory that is you. (laughs) That you are glorious. That you are wonderful. Full of wonder. You're wonderful. Life is wonderful. Full of wonder. It's an expression, a manifestation of the glory of God. And the goals that you set for yourself, the goals that you set for 2019, for this quarter, are God's goals for you. Are God's goals that he wants to do through you. And then the process of producing fruit simply becomes abiding. And so my prayer is that 2019 will be the most peaceful year that you've ever experienced. Fruitful, yes, but peaceful fruit. No striving, just abiding. The kingdom coming through your life like never before. Through less effort than you've ever exerted before. And Father, I thank you for praying for us. (laughs) I just had such a revelation that the Holy Spirit is making intercession for us. Thanks, Holy Spirit. Goodness knows you probably know what we need prayer for better than anybody. Living with us every day the way that you do. Knowing us since the foundation of the world. Thank you for praying for us, Holy Spirit. Thank you for causing our desires to align with yours. Thank you for causing our motivations of our hearts. To be aligned and flowing with yours. Thank you, Father, for helping us listen to your voice. And make knowing you and living out of our true identity. And learning to abide in union with you. Our number one priority for this year. Help us, Lord, get rooted and grounded in your love and to not be tossed to and fro like the winds, but to be strong in the Lord and the power of your might to help us to live out of this assurance and help us love ourselves and treat ourselves the way that you treat us. And Lord, as we get in agreement, Lord, thank you that it becomes a natural way of relating to ourselves and relating to others. It's just the natural way of the vine. 
And so, Lord, we thank you for that. And, Lord, we thank you that 2019 is the best year of our lives. Thank you that we go from glory to glory and faith to faith. And that we are increasing more and more us and our children, Lord. We thank you that it is your fruit. It's your faith. It's your patience. It's your goodness. It's your kindness. It's your faithfulness. It is all of your character that defines our character. And we thank you, God, that there is no good us apart from you. There is no bad us apart from you. There is no us apart from you. Just blur the lines, God. Blur the lines between our self-image and your image. Reformat the way we see ourselves. Help us continue to look into the law of liberty and not forget what manner of man that we are. Help us continue in your word, stay connected to your voice, and teach us to love, teach us to abide, Teach us your ways. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Happy New Year. And I uh, just encourage you as we wrap up today, just, you know, if you haven't um, sewn into the ministry, I encourage you to go over to Shalice.com and sow a seed. Support this message. Support this ministry. Support this podcast Support the lives that are being transformed through the gift that is on my life. And, you know, here in the new year, I encourage you, if you haven't partnered with the ministry, consider becoming a monthly partner. Uh, Sew in and connect to the anointing that is on this ministry to help you experience more of the Christ in you. There's something about honor that happens that when you sow honor, uh, there's something, there's there's a harvest that is returned to you. Uh, you know, there's story after story in the Bible about sowing honor. You know, when you honor a prophet, the name of the prophet, you receive the prophet's reward. The widow woman built the prophet's quarters and her son was raised from the dead. I mean, it's an incredible principle in scripture uh, to sow honor and to support those that are sowing into you spiritually. And so I just encourage you to make that a, a normal part of your your 2019, live out of your true identity, which a part of that is also generosity. And so I just bless you uh, with that opportunity. And as always, um, Emerge, School of Rep, uh, Emerge School of Transformation is, is uh, a wonderful opportunity, an incredible once-in-a-lifetime, really, opportunity to really also get grounded in the things that you're hearing me teach. So Pray about that. See if that's something that God is calling you to do. You can always reach out to us at info to find out more. Go to the website. Go to the Facebook page. There's always information about it. Uh, but I would love to have you join me uh, in 2019 and emerge. Alrighty. Well, God bless you, and we will see you soon. <laughs>